Melton Friedman once said, the government solution to a problem is usually as bad as the problem. Keep this in mind. As I discussed today, the G7 decision to cap Russian oil prices and how that may impact you at the gas pump. My name is Dr. David Wallalu and you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. President Biden is at the G7 summit in Austria today. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is the centerpiece. World leaders will meet in Munich today for the G7 summit and the agenda is set to be dominated by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The need for unity against Russia was emphasized by the group. And according to experts, the situation there is bad and it is going to get worse. We've been even. tracking the summit, but frankly it's hard to tell. G7 leaders had a lot to talk about, but very little to offer. So here's a bold question for you. Will the G7 decision to go ahead with capping Russian crude oil prices work? I have my doubt. But before I provide you my analysis on this topic, let me first say thank you to our viewers for your support. And if you are watching this video, you know that there are people out there who are less than honest about what's going on in the world. Do you want to know how to, di to differentiate between the truth and the lies? Check out our free PDF, Three Ways to Know If You Are Hearing the Truth or Lies. You can check that out at geopoliticsinconflict.com and start being in control of your own truth. So, let us dive in, shall we? Few days ago, finance ministers from the seven countries known as G7, Canada, France, UK, Japan, the US, Germany, and Italy, known as G7, agreed to set a ceiling uh, price on Russian oil. The G7, which I found, by the way, ironic, it's called seven major countries. <laughs> what does this decision even mean? Well, G7's objective from capping Russian crude oil prices is to reset global crude prices and cut Russia's revenue from oil sales. I'm here to tell you it is a lie. It's nonsense, economically speaking. And good luck with that. So, I'm going to approach this from an economic perspective and geopolitical one as well. So, from an economic perspective, G7's decision is not about consumers. It's not about citizens. They care less. Look no further than German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbock when she said, and I quote, I will put Ukraine first, no matter what my German voters think or how hard their life gets, end of quote. The truth is that the G7, or the West's objective for that matter, is to primarily inflict a financial defeat on Russia. Why that is the case, you may ask? It is because Russia is making about $20 billion from the sales, on a monthly basis, by the way, on the sales of energy. 
even at a discounted prices, which is reaping the fruits of rising oil prices on the conventional energy, such as crude oil, natural gas, and even coal. Russian oil and gas revenues exceeded initial plans by about 51.3% in 2021, totaling about 9.1 trillion rubles, which is the equivalency of about $119 billion in October alone of this year. Revenues were 1.1 trillion rubles, or almost $500 million a day. The total budget revenues reached about 25.29 trillion rubles last year, up from 18.72 trillion rubles in 2020. Even the Russian finance minister, or ministry that is, had initially projected an oil price of $45 a barrel when compiling the budget for 2021. The price has instead averaged $69 a barrel. Equally important for you to understand the big picture when it comes to uh, energy. Russia expected sort of an average natural gas export price of about uh, $156 per 1,000 cubic meters in 2021. And on December of the same year, December 2021, that price was likely to reach $280 per 1,000 cubic meters. So according to the central bank, Russia's total exports reached about $489 billion in 2021. Of that, Crude oil accounted for about $110.2 billion. Oil products accounted for $68.7 billion. Pipeline natural gas accounted for $54.2 billion. And liquefied natural gas accounted for $7.6 billion. So why am I sharing these stats with you, you may ask? Which is a logical question and fair. The answer lies in providing you data not only to support my argument for why G7's decision has nothing to do with the welfare of citizens, as governments claim, mainly in Europe, but rather some agenda that has nothing to do with your welfare, but what the West, led by the US and the EU, is not disclosing is that by trying to push the proposal forward, this is about capping the Russian oil prices, you know, it is pushing oil prices further to a crazy high, which basically translates to you paying high energy bills at the gas pump or any other type of bill, like what we are witnessing as we speak in the EU, in the European Union and the United States. And FYI, Currently, a barrel of a Brent oil is priced at about, on a global uh, uh, benchmark, uh, has rose by about 3.7% to about $94.4 per barrel. While the U.S. light crude jumped to about 3.5% or from, uh, ju jumped by about 3.5% uh, uh, to about $89.89 as of September 5th, 2022, which was only about a few days ago. So the hard truth is this. 
OPEC and its allies, OPEC Plus, announced plans to slash about 100,000 barrels per day from the supply from October uh, uh, disclosure, you know, which means taking supplies back to August level, which, by the way, 100,000 barrel out of the market is nothing when you cut down, it'll drop in a bucket. But keep in mind this, Russia is normally the third largest oil producers in, uh, of, of crude oil after, after the United States and Saudi Arabia. With an average daily production of about 11 million barrels per day, of which Russia exports about 5 million barrels per day, and 2.8 million barrel of derivatives. So there are two main issues I want you to keep in mind. And this is why I decided to come on the air here to share this with you because it's not been reported uh, uh, truthfully uh, by Western media. Here's the two main issues. First, the seven powers, the G7, wants to cap the price of a barrel of Russian crude oil so that consuming countries commit not to exceed it in purchase contracts from Russia. But the seven countries have not set any approximate price for the ceiling, what this ceiling cap is going to be. They aspire to, for example. And the item is expected to be the last point in the project after agreeing with major consumers of Russian crude. These forces behind the decision wants to lower crude oil prices globally by providing Russian oil at a reduced price for the benefit of consumers. That's what they say. An issue that is perhaps no more important than the second. <laughs> and the second issue is this. To put financial pressure on Moscow, which uses the prices of crude oil, of course, natural gas and coal, as a major source for its budgets, of course, uh, but also the journey to price recognition is still long, as G7 must convince Russia's biggest crude oil consumers, China and India. Those, those last two countries, China and India, have not hinted at any approval for the Western plan. And how could they? Because they're getting oil from Russia at a discounted price. Because it's also, it's about domestic interest. And by the way, just FYI, China is the largest importer of Russian crude oil at a more than 1 million barrel per day, as is India, which prior to this plan benefited from Moscow's discounted on their purchases. On the geopolitical aspect, which I found very, very interesting, because here's the thing. Geopolitics has had an impact on how oil and gas industry operates on a global scale. You know, as a whole, geopolitics are what create the risks and opportunity involved in this industry. So the term covers several continuing industry issues that includes... Because when we talk about geopolitics, we're not talking about just politics. This is why it's very important for you to understand these dynamics. And those kind of issues that it will include is security, global economics, market uncertainty, exchange rate fluctuations, and global diplomacy. Those are very important concepts for you to understand. 
So throughout history, there have been many instances where geopolitics have vastly impacted the global oil and gas market. And I'll give you examples. Like, for example, the Yom Kippur War back in the 70s. The Iran Revolution, 1979. Or the Second Gulf War. Now, add the Ukraine conflict, which was created by the West. And you can see where the trends are headed. It is my belief that Russia will not, and this is my personal opinion, will not stand idly by in the face of the West attempt to cap its oil. And one of the options Russia has is to ban the export of Russian crude, which ignites markets at higher prices. So, when we hear about the G7 aspire to implement a plan to cap prices by December 5th, this coming December, for crude oil, and in February 5th by derivatives, or for derivatives, it's nonsense. I'm here to tell you. But if I am to put my geopolitical analyst hat, I'm going to tell you that there is another alternative that exists on the global stage. It's the wild card, if you will. And this one is Iran. Iran is an alternative supplier of the, of the wild card, shall we say, for its part. But Iran has expressed its readiness to do so only, only if the United States sanctions are lifted. In that case, Iran could provide energy resources to Europe. Because in light of the supply problems in Europe caused by the Ukraine crisis, Iran can meet European energy needs if sanctions are lifted. Because Iran is one of the most prominent countries in the world that exports oil and gas. And has, by the way, FYI, the second proven reserves of gas after Russia. It's no small matter. But its exports, Iran's exports in this case, of this vital substance is limited in total to two neighboring countries only, Turkey and Iraq. So, again, as geopolitical analyst, I'll think in terms of how will all this impact Europe as a whole? Because what is the impact or the case in Europe for that, for that matter? So the prices of gas in Europe rose by about 30% of the uh, intercontinental exchange to reach about $2,900. Following Russia's announcements to stop gas supply through Nord Stream 1 pipeline, which I found comes at a time when the debate between Russia and the EU countries over responsibility for the flattering flow of gas is still raging. And I am sure if you didn't have a chance to see or hear about the, the, the protests and demonstrations in Europe over high energy costs, because the, those demonstrations are stoking unrest in parts of Europe. Italy, Czech, Poland, Germany, France, Dutch, you name it. In the case of uh, the Czech Republic, there were about 70,000 of Czechs took to the streets of Prague just a few days ago to express their concerns over the energy crisis. They demanded more support from the government to continue paying the bills and groceries. Because in these demonstrations also, the uh, protesters carried banners denouncing membership of the European Union and NATO. 
Do you see what's coming, right, on the horizon? That's what I'm seeing. Because here's the thing. Inflation in the Czech Republic is currently the highest since 1993, and mainly due to housing costs and energy prices. The central bank uh, there even predicts a peak of 20% in the coming months. And yet the government said, yeah, we're going to pledge a total of uh, uh, 177 billion uh, kroner, which is about 70, uh, 7 billion euros in, in state aid. But that's just what they say. What do you trust the government? Even in Italy now, people are enraged by what's going on. Uh, once again, I don't know if you saw the images in Naples, where, where protesters burned their energy bill and besieged the town whole year. Only a few days ago, they're arguing, we will not pay the bills. What does it mean? That means chaos will ensue. And they even chanted, the outgoing Italian government is working on contingency plan as we speak to save energy and keep the bills low. I, I don't see that happening anyway. So here's my conclusion to you. As a geopolitical analyst, I have serious doubts over the effectiveness of a potential price cap on the Russian seaborne crude purchases to disrupt oil revenue from one of the world's biggest producers. You know, details on the, proposal, on the proposed price cap following the uh, June meeting, which was of G7 you know, in Germany, it remains sparse. It didn't materialize. But the essential outline is for coalition of global buyers to agree a maximum price to purchase Russian seaborne crude. And once again, I don't see that happening. So it will be business as usual. Russia will still rake in billions of dollars due to the sanctions, shall we say. So here's my question for you for today. Do you believe China and India will continue to purchase Russian oil, at a discounted price, of course, or will they bow to pressures from the US and the EU? I repeat, do you believe China and India will continue to purchase Russia's oil at a discounted price, or will they bow to pressure from the US and the EU? Just leave me a comment in the comment sections and I will respond to it. As always, Prepare yourself for a changing world order. Till next time. Bye-bye.